Convention season is in full swing, and planning for faster, efficient hydration is essential to survive any con. Liquid IV has you covered while you travel, power through in any cosplay, and recover after the long weekend. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. As someone who has postural tachycardia syndrome, I'm insanely desperate for electrolytes in my day-to-day already. That alone made Liquid IV a staple in my purse no matter where I go. Convention days are no different with how few and far between hydration breaks can be. Not only is Liquid IV made with premium ingredients, but each stick contains five essential vitamins to keep you going strong. B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. You can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code FANDAMES at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code FANDAMES at liquidiv.com. Welcome back to the Sleepover Podcast. This is Fandames with Parks and Nebula. This voice you're hearing now is Nebula. Oh, and I'm Parks. I thought you were going to just do the full intro like you did last time. Way to put me on the spot. Um, This episode, we have a wonderful guest. Our wonderful guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Kevin D. Thelwell, and I'm a voice actor. So the D is real. It's not a One Piece reference. Oh, no, no. My my middle name is David. Yeah, it is real. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. You just yeah. see a D and you assume these days. We, well, we poisoned your brain. I wanted to ask because we were introduced to Kevin uh, via Marianne, and it was because you also work on One Piece with her. So I was wondering if it was like, <laughs> I'm going to sneak that in there. No, that's just the thing because there's uh, a couple other Kevin Thelwells in the world that I like to just make sure I differentiate myself from them. But yeah, the D is uh, fun because of One Piece. I remember working at One Piece at one point and I was getting directed by Marcus uh, Stimmick or Marcus D. Stimmick. And he brought that up. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't think about that. Holy crap, that's so funny. (laughs) That's so fun. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Kevin. You are already such a delight to talk to before we were even recording. Um, And I'm so excited to hear all about your experiences in the voice acting industry and all your favorite animes and everything in between. Um, I wanted to ask you if you would give like a little bit of a a background of some of your work for the listeners and just kind of, uh, because I know you don't just do voice acting, you also do some ADR work. And just a little little spiel so everyone knows um, all your cool accomplishments. Uh, yeah, sure. I guess uh, things that people would know me from would be like, I've been the lead to several uh, shows, uh, anime dubbing. So I've done uh, Girlfriend Girlfriend, was playing Nalia, the lead in that show. Uh, Beast Tamer, I was playing Rain. Uh, the Ice Blade Sorcerer Shall Rule the World, played Ray, the Ice Blade Sorcerer. Uh, I'm most recently, right now, playing Haruto in Am I Actually the Strongest, lead of that show. And yeah, like we mentioned earlier, I've done Zeus in One Piece, uh, Kita in Haikyuu, and the list goes on. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm very, sorry, I'm very impressed by your entire page. I like your variation of characters. I'm very impressed by all of them um, overall, because it's from stuff that's up and coming, like Blue Lock even, which is incredible. I'm blown away by it. Um, and so like when I was looking over your website and stuff, it says you do a lot of home studio because of your positions, are you able to completely record from home with most of your, uh, work that you do? 
Well, things as of currently have been switching more to in-studio, at least for like dubbing with Crunchyroll. Mm. That's mostly in-studio, but I've done a lot of work from inside of this booth. I still do a lot of work from inside of this booth right now with, you know, multiple studios out of state in L.A. or other places, the countries, too. Like I mentioned Girlfriend, Girlfriend. I recorded that show entirely from this booth. So... That's something I've done, but all the other like leads I've done, I've done in studio from. Mm. So it just depends. But yeah, this booth still gets a lot of uses, though. Do I have to ask? Is it just free floating in your room right now? Uh, what the booth? Yeah. Oh no, this is in like the living room, kitchen areas. This is like the common area <laughs> of my house. I can't. This thing weighs like a thousand pounds, and I'm on the second floor. I can't put that upstairs. No, I don't. Yeah, I saw the picture. I was curious. I was like, wow. <laughs> Because my friend also has a booth, and so it just kind of hangs out because there's nowhere else to put it. So I was just curious if it was the same sentiment for everyone who owns a similar booth of just like a, I don't know, it's here. No, it's just like in the living room. Like, it's got a big glass door so my roommates can walk by. I have a little uh, a little sticky switch on the end of it that I'll just like swipe to the right where they, hey, uh, it's red. Please knock. It means like I'm doing something here that requires me to like, you know, have my full attention or if i'm just like doing auditions or something like that it'll be green or if i'm not in there something just walk by and say hey what's up it bother me <laughs> so yeah. no that's awesome i love the booth i love the setup of it i think it's it's a little funny in a way of just like a, this is my big my big closet or um <laughs> well it's compared to the people who actually are like recording in their closets because this podcast was born out of neb's closet um i just like to see other people's setups and how they adapt to having to work from home compared to recording in the studio due to like 2020 and so on i just i think it's funny i like the way that people have to adapt um especially in this industry because it's like if we can't provide our voice in some way we're out and so yeah i just and think like, it's you neat. even need a booth like this fancy i'm just extra like uh, my roommates, my my roommate Alex Mai, he has his own custom booth that he made out of wood by hand, and it's basically just as uh, like sound just sounds just as good as this booth. He made it by hand, but I'm not a handyman, so I bought one myself. And my other roommate uh, Ben Balmaceda, he records out of his closet. He just puts a chair in there, sits down, and has it all padded out, which works out. I just I can't do that. I need to stand up when I act, and I'm just a little extra, so I bought it and customized this booth to fit my needs. Like I soup it up almost every year. Right now, I've got like two screens in here. Right now, I've got a special gamer mic to fit in here, a preset table, and like I have a whole gaming PC connected to this thing to make sure I can run everything perfectly. Wow, Damn, you are extra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like the idea of don't bother me. I have to go into my work cube. I have to go into the box and do my work. Yeah. It's like the university screamed things. I don't know if other colleges use these or just mine, but they had just the straight up boxes that are soundproof. So you can just go in there and scream. They're mostly in the law office, but they look ridiculous because they're just kind of glass acrylic or acrylic boxes, like right in the way, um, fully transparent. So everyone can see when you're in there, but I guess no one can hear you so back up you just go in and scream and scream but everyone can see you it's not a it's not a covered box um like private phone calls too i've seen those yeah yeah a little bit but um yeah people use them for a minute and i was like this is a little dumb because it was on the floor i had to study on because i was a nursing student um so i would be on the floor trying to get through those books and i would just look left and someone's in there like having a meltdown i'm like okay we could have made this a little bit more private when you think about it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think 
there's a good reason why it's not you know why it's see-through but like yeah that is weird no i understand but maybe the door <laughs> yeah. at the very least put some tinting in there good lord yeah 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 i understand why it's not fully private but like the full thing is an invis and it's not like tucked against a wall it was kind of free-floating yeah like on the staircase like area where the landing is to go both ways smack dab in the center there are a lot of officers just have that now too so yeah you see that pretty commonly Wow, that's a good way to get fired. <laughs> I'm going to go have a moment in the Scream Cube. I will be back. And they're like, what do you need the Scream Cube for? Why are you using that? It's not in your business. Do not you punish have... me for the cube. You're the one that put the cube here. <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's funny uh, how everyone has to go to soundproof to a degree of just like the ad adaptation is insane and i think it's funny at the same time because it's like we all have to work but now we're recording in a tiny hot closet for 12 hours yep yay it's convenient though especially with like you know if i want to do auditions at 4 a.m because i'm you know nocturnal i don't yeah. disturb my roommates usually unless i'm like screaming at the top of my lungs which sometimes happens or if i like get really bored one day and i'm feeling a vibe and i come in here and like just play my trumpet a little bit and it's fun that way too you play trumpet that's awesome yeah, I play a lot of brass instruments. How long have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing since like middle school, so like what? Oh god, I don't know, what is it, ten years or something like that. I can't remember, but <laughs> it's been a while. I've been playing it since I was in middle school up until now. So I just have really fun, like trumpet, trombone, all the brass, all the like. I love that. My partner played tuba and trumpet, and I think a couple other things, and he can still do the little mouth sound for a tuba, so he'll just walk yeah. around the house and, like, <laughs> how do you do that? It's not really fun. <laughs> I can't remember what Gavin played, but if I don't say it, he'll get mad, because I'm pretty sure he also played the trumpet or the horn, so it's in the closet, but he also does the same mouth thing all the time, because it's just he had to do it for so long in marching band, even though it's been years, he'll still just do it. It also made him a really good whistler, which kind of pisses me off because it I does. myself do not know how to fucking whistle properly. <laughs> like I can do it, but I just have a weird mouth shape that doesn't accommodate like a loud whistle. Yeah, it's like the I hate thing it. you do with it and it like, it, yeah, it helps. I can't do it. <laughs> it's a muscle. <laughs> I know. I have to develop it better. Yeah. So do you do but, music? professionally at all or is it just like i'm keeping this for me no like the reason i do acting is because when i moved on from like i did music in middle school all high school and got to college and i'm like all right let's get that music degree and do music stuff because music is fun oh professional musicians aren't fun no i don't like this all right it's time to change <laughs> like careers <laughs> so i picked up acting after that and had way more fun with that both basically equally stressful because they're arts careers, but I have way more fun doing acting than I do music professionally, at least. For fun, I still love music, but professionally acting is just more enjoyable. Did you act at all, like, growing up? Were you involved in any, like, school programs or anything, or was it just kind of, it came to you in college? Yeah, it came to me in college. I was just all music all throughout my uh, schooling days, and then I got into college, and I'm like, dang i need to find something else i like made like fun little youtube video skits with friends online for a while and there was this uh youtuber who i really enjoyed their videos who like was funding an animation of a book they wrote and they're like hey i'm gonna do a little fun thing we're gonna have open auditions in with my viewers and 
you know, whoever uh, wins gets to basically, you know, be in the show. And I auditioned for it. I was one of the people that got like picked to be in the show. And I'm like, oh, wow, I got that's my first time I've auditioned for like anything acting related. And I got picked for it. That's wild. And I was looking at who else they hired. And the rest of the people were all like professional actors who have done a bunch of video games and anime and all that stuff. And I'm just like, oh, what the f- this is real? This is real stuff. Like, what? OK. Uh, so afterwards, I'm like, you know, maybe I should like learn how to act now. <laughs> That's awesome that it just kind of popped up out of the blue. I feel like you hear so often with actors that they're like, oh, I've been doing it since I could walk or whatever. So it's it's nice to, to talk to someone who found it, like, not later in life, but later in regards to the arts, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it comes to everybody at their own point. So it's definitely nice. But from there, did it kind of immediately, like start to snowball into getting larger and larger roles or pushing you to audition into more and more studios? Uh, No, from there, like that was just like my start, which is like around 2016. After that, I'm like, I need to like learn how to act. So I started taking like classes, workshops. I started switching like my, some of my college electives to be acting and theater and like voice for the stage and stuff. Cause I decided, Mm -hmm. Hey, if I'm going to do acting, I definitely don't want to do stage acting, but I still got to get the basics of that because I just, I'm an introvert. I don't want to be perceived by, you know, there's too many people. So yeah, I decided to learn voice acting. So I went online, went to forums, did like indie game auditions, did like online YouTube projects, did that for a long time, you know, a while. And I did, you know, book a lot of, uh, well, uh, indie games here and there and other projects. And eventually I decided to move to Texas because that's where I, you know, decided to take my career. And I think like I moved to Texas in 2018 and it took like six months or so before I got like my first big studio job Mm. after moving here. So where are you from originally? Uh, I was born in New York and I was raised in Miami. What an interesting turn turn of events. You want to be an actor, you're in New York, you're in the home of stage acting, and you said, fuck that, I don't don't want to do Well, you're an introvert, I would never, if I was an introvert, but I was also an actor, never would want to fucking start with New York stages. Are you crazy? Yeah, I mean, it's a good way to to jump jump in. Don't just dip your toe in, just fucking sink to the bottom. No, that's scary. That's too much. I didn't have a choice in leaving New York, though. I was just a wee lad when my parents moved all the way down to Florida. There you go. And now you're out of Florida, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, Texas Texas has its problems, but, you know, it's better than Florida. But it's not Florida. (laughs) It's not Just less bugs. No Everglades in Texas, but still just as humid and maybe just as crazy. Probably just it's crazy. Humid, but like, yeah, it's the heat's there. Like, it's got all the heat without the water that goes with it. And I've never in my life, like, walked outside and been hit with hot wind before. In Florida, no matter how hot it is, the wind is always cold. But in Texas, there's just hot wind. I'm like, whoa, that's different. Yeah, it was yeah. gross. It was so foul. I did not enjoy it. I'm from Utah. I'm from a desert. I say this every fucking episode, I feel like, because it's just like understanding the heat is a different breed here where any breeze we get is cold for a desert. We get cold breezes. We get cold nights, not humid. We have like a 20% humidity maybe at most when it's rainy, but it's so refreshing to be here. Our airport isn't feeling like it's a sweat locker. Um, And then my first time in Dallas, I felt like I was going to drop dead because it was just like, there's no, there's no escape from it unless you're in an air conditioned locked room. But 
I'm one of the few people who enjoys the heat so I can thrive here. Yeah, I get that. I'm extremely cold all of the time. So if I'm not in heat, I'm like a little, I'm a little dead. I'm non-functional. Yeah. But there's a part like the, the heat is fine. It's the sweat factor of the humidity that yucks me out real bad. I but get you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Tolerate. So Kevin, I'm very interested to hear about your ADR experience and the 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 difference in experiences for you being as an actor and on that side of things and then transitioning to working as a director and just to kind of just kind of hear about the balance between the two and like what you learned or gained um, transitioning into directing. Uh, sure. Well, yeah, the acting experience really helped. What really boosted is that uh you know when the pandemic started uh like i was mentioning before i have uh, several roommates who are actors uh during the height of the pandemic when all the acting shut down for a couple months and they decided to to kick it back up with like uh, i think my hero was the first thing they tried to record from home remotely and uh when me my uh, my roommates in the house saw that we're like huh interesting they're doing remote recording from home right now and I'm sure that they need people to do like the background voices and the extras in the shows right now. And our house has four dudes in it currently. And my roommate had conveniently had a pre-built booth, custom booth that could fit four dudes in it. So for, for background stuff. So we emailed, uh, you know, uh, at the time Funimation and we're like, Hey, um, saw you're doing a little social media thing with the remote recording. You need people to do extras. We got a booth that can do that. And we got an immediate response. We're like, you have what you four people in a boot and then they just like emailed all the higher ups of the company did this cc them all it goes do you hear what they say read this again for me and like they're like send us your your audio sample and we're like oh, okay and we sent it and they're like uh for about two years straight afterwards we were like the the only house for a while that they had doing extras in basically all their shows and we were the most used for it so we were basically in like every show that they put out because they needed background voices and extras for all the shows and they couldn't at the time have people to record together because covid and since we're roommates we're together anyway so there's no threat of that part so they had us doing that for a while so i got hella experience with adr doing just improv on wallas all the time just doing extras and all the shows so that gave me a bunch of experience was able to build relationships with basically all the directors at you know funimation grungy role so that was a really good time and uh, eventually I got uh, hit up by another studio. They're like, hey, um, uh, that, that we worked with before a lot. And they're like, uh, hey, do you want to uh, shadow uh, me directing some of my shows and, and watch what we're doing? And I'm like, hmm, actually, it's interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll sit down and watch. So we ended up like shadowing directors for like eight hours straight, a couple of days, a couple of weeks going forwards. And we stopped for like a couple of months. And then I'm like, hmm, that was really fun. I kind of want to watch some more. So I emailed them again. And I'm like, hey, um can we do more of that? That was actually, I learned a lot from watching the other more experienced actors and just seeing the process and stuff. And then the producer just like, uh, how about instead you just direct this thing for me? And I'm just like, uh, what? Uh, okay. And, uh, so we did that. We worked on that project for like, I think like four months or so for a very long time. Unfortunately, that project didn't actually end up coming out or maybe it'll come out in the future. Who knows? But, uh, Nothing ever ended up happening with that. And eventually I'm just like, you know, I want to do more directing. So then I took my stuff to Crunchyroll and I'm like, hey, I have directing experience. Can I like 
work with you guys for directing. And after a while, uh, what started it, I'm trying to think what picked it up initially, but I started helping out here and there. I know one thing that really kicked off is uh, I know there was the show that was coming out, uh, Blue Lock, that I really, really adore Blue Lock so much. It is quickly become my favorite sports series of like of all time no contest and when that was coming out i'm like man i know they're probably not having auditions for this show but boy do i want to be in this show it's it's everything i love about everything at once so uh when i found out like who was going to be directing the show i emailed them like hey listen i know you're probably already cast this show but i would totally love to audition for any other characters that would be down the road or if you've already like picked out everybody and you have nothing that you need to cast that's fine too i still love this show can i at least help do some directing on that show i'll you know just just let me put my name on this in some way shape or form and they're like you know what bet yeah i could totally use another hand you know directing so i got brought on as one of the assistants for blue lock and eventually got to play a character at the end of blue lock which was very surprising that was super cool because like when that character came up uh later which is you know uh, julian loki in, in blue lock who's like appearing like towards the end of the of the series i was just out with some friends uh watching cocaine bear and then like a day or two i was like playing digimon with some other friends and just like hey you guys seen the episode of blue lock and i'm like yeah there's a character there who like vocally fits me perfectly and he's also a black guy in an anime which is super rare too which fits me and there was so much going on that was like lined up but i'm like also he's specifically a guy that's based on a, a an actual frenchman in in real life and i'm like are they gonna have us do accents for that i'm like oh no i'm kind of afraid about that and then i'm like i'm like oh shit i wonder if i should even like try to get that character and then like I'm talking to people about it and then the next day i get a text from the director hey how's your french accent i'm like oh no <laughs> no not the french accent yeah and i'm just like you know what i'm gonna do my best and coincidentally just like a couple months earlier i got cast in uh jacket alliance 3 where they had me playing a dude in that game but they also had me doing a lot of extras in that game outside of the character i was doing which the extras were french accented they were Perfect. african french accented but they were french so i actually got had a, got experience doing french accents uh just before doing that game so i'm like oh dang I, I can do a french accent but i'm more used to like the french african parts uh but then he sent me like a link to like the guy that the character is based off of and i'm like oh kylian mbappe i'm like wait a second and i looked him up and i'm like oh wait this guy's like parents are like african french like his accent is an african french base i'm like oh that's literally what i learned from the video game already so i'm like ah yeah and i did the audition and ended up getting the part so i'm just like the stars perfectly aligned to give you this role from directing (laughs) to practicing this accent that you specifically needed but did not know you needed stars aligned to give you a character that looks like you and has similar (laughs) mannerism it all worked out exactly and i'm like wow that's really cool and i'm like oh well, got my couple lines in the show yeah i'll be the end of the show that was really really fun and then i'm like looking it up later and i'm like on the reddit and like oh wait no this character is actually a big deal he's basically probably going to be like the final boss of the show and i'm just like what okay wow all right what? yeah i love Let's coming go. back <laughs> yeah back no, eventually a... in season three or whatever what a cool role to lock down that's 
big, especially with the way it's coming out now and the way that uh, Blue Lock has been received is so huge, like almost overnight in terms of how fast the manga got picked up. Now with the anime, it's even faster. And so, and yeah, it's, it's incredible. And I've seen everyone praising the dub compared to like how normal animes go become uh, between, sorry, slur my words, between um, how people pick up or react to the dub normally, it can kind of be sometimes hit or miss depending on how the dub is, unless it's an extremely strong dub. And I've only seen people praising the way that Blue Lock's dub is written and directed and done, um, especially with like the small mannerisms, because you have all those little funny cut in betweens. Um, the way they're handled in the uh, dub is so relevant and um it's not dated in a way with the language so i've seen nothing but praise for it so it's very cool that you got to be an assistant director to that as well as being one of the major characters now um just amazing work overall to be in that position and i commend you for it because it's such a good up-and-coming project compared to some of the other things that we have coming out uh, within the last year or so yeah just it's a a fun like yeah dream project for sure yeah the people on it are really good like to name a few names like Rico playing Isagi in that show is just phenomenal and Derek just takes uh ego ego to like a whole nother level Derek does so well on that role so it's so fun yeah being yeah. a part of that everyone awesome. says it's so cool all right I gotta add blue lock to my list now oh, I'm not really anime. a sports anime person but you I watched all I, of Haikyuu <laughs> I watched most of Haikyuu. There's still a good chunk I have to watch. Similar vibe. Same. Yeah, it's so many seasons. Like four. Is he on a movie coming out? I need to catch up to Haikyuu. There's like in several Haikyuu. movies and multiple seasons. And I think I watched two seasons and was like, that was fun. <laughs> I'm like 1. 1.5 in seasons. So I need to, I need to go in and finish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. I read parts of the manga, but I haven't been able to fully or watch it yet because I was trying to catch up on One Piece before the big episode. But now I can actually go back and finish it because I just sit at my couch. I'm like, wow, can't watch One Piece anymore. Um, <laughs> figure yeah, out what's next. Know. And so it's been I have a growing list of everything that I'm slowly getting invested to. And because my friends are Blue Lock cosplayers, it's like, OK. I will do it for you and I will finally get it off my list and stop watching just like little TikTok clips instead of just like actually stirring the show. So excited to do that soon. But yeah, it's a major project. It's very cool to see how fast it picked up. Um, I love all of the work that I've seen from it. So congratulations yeah. on that. Um, post really date. Fun. So what other are your favorites? So Blue Lock's one that you love. Are there any other anime or manga that you're just like everyone has to watch this everyone has to read this <sighs> i guess it depends like i would like categorize it in terms of like genres essentially so sports blue lock definitely like just just gets just get hits hits the park one show that like i also find myself just re-watching all the time is like uh, the Monogatari series uh, that will never get a dub ever, ever, because whoever decides to write that script would actually implode because so much talking in that show and cultural references. But that's the one where, like, I've shown the movie to friends several times. I think I've seen that, like, at least seven times now. I own it on, like, Blu-ray and digitally so I can share it with Discord people if I need to. And there's that's that's another one of my favorites. Um 
ah, oh, man, there's just so many shows that one could go through. Like, good uh, slice of life or romances. Like, a new one would be, like, uh, Chikimori's Not Just a Cutie or other things like that. There's there's a lot of shows. So it's easier for me to just say, hey, name a genre. And I'm like, all right, I can uh, figure out what's favorite out of the genre on top of my head. <laughs> yeah, That's what I have to do because there's too many, and I never, ever, ever – pick an isekai because when i do and someone gives me a recommendation i don't fucking remember it it's too many <laughs> words in the title for me to be like okay yeah yeah i got you on that one understand so it's like, <laughs> if it's one word if it's if it's like konosuba got it i can write that one down don't tell me anything else <laughs> it's made it very intimidating to watch like new seasonal anime because it's like i don't know how to talk to you guys about this without saying 70 words about how a stepdad is a truck and that's a slime reincarnated to someone you love who is also still your dad even though we are in a reincarnation but we're also in a dungeon that has slime and cooking don't know what's going on I'm like okay yeah that's a good one banger alert um it's hard i really appreciate it though that there are so many up and coming things being ad- adapted in some way I just, they're not for me. And so I cannot give those suggestions um, because it's like, I am going to tell you something that is three words or less, nothing more. (laughs) It's embarrassing. It's like when you go to a restaurant and the menu has like stupid branded things on it instead of like a cheeseburger and you're having to say like, can I get a sticky sample of Joey's favorite? Like, I don't want to say that shit. Yeah. Can I get a number six, please? <laughs> yeah, I want this one, and I point. Yeah. Exactly. That's how it feels going through the Crunchyroll screen sometimes. But I love how much is being adapted because it gives work to people who need it, of course, but also people who absolutely just kill the role every time. They're able to bring it. They're able to understand that, like, because some of these ridiculous isekais have ridiculous roles, that it lets you play out of, like, your area a little bit. And so I greatly uh, appreciate those and the writing that goes into those because it's funny. I like the way when people get to be funny at work by just dumping shit into it, if that makes sense. Yeah. My weird little tangent of just like, it's fun when people get to do what they want a little bit. Here's an isekai. Just have a good time. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That That was my silly rant for... I just like it when it's fun compared to some of the Japanese adaptations because, um, well, they're fun there. Some jokes don't travel. And if I feel like that joke does not travel in the dub, it like fall- it just falls flat like in a writing degree. But I haven't seen anything like that since like 2010, honestly, where it's like, okay, what are we doing? But I feel like that was the era where dub wasn't being taken seriously. Yeah. So I don't know. Sorry, ridiculous tired rant from me in the morning. Didn't make any oh. sense. We're good. I get it. The scripts can definitely elevate the dub in a lot of cases. There are a lot of examples of that, too. Um, I can't even think of what it's called right now. But there's one anime that was strictly about the Japanese, like, feudal era of storytelling, where they have to do, like, 
the full acted out thing. Very wordy. I can't even think of what it's called, but it's my partner's, one of my partner's favorites. Um, so wordy. It does not even have like other language dubs, not even counting like English. It just does not have any other dub outside of Japanese because the way that it's done is so wordy and so specific that it just, it can't be ad- adapted in any way because you have to add all of these asides and all these other information to explain like what the story is or what's going on or the symbolism of each thing. Um, it's like all of Wano art condensed into a little story. It's like, I don't know what's happening here. And because you can't explain it, there's no way to do it. I've had to like go on my phone while we're watching it and look up like what, what is going on a little bit just so I can get context for Japanese storytelling. Because unless you watch like a documentary about every single thing, you won't know what's going on. And that will never, ever get it done. Because there's no way to make that make sense. And so I appreciate just dub work as a whole because people who do go in and write those scripts um, really put in the effort that I like to see because God knows that would never happen if no one was willing to try. I'm so glad we don't have bullshit translators notes in subtitled anime anymore. Do you remember that era? (laughs) Those were funny. <laughs> yeah, and also like I had to rewind it and pause it and be like, "What the? F- why did you? What is? Why is this here?" Yeah. And, or going back to the fan scans and fan translations of manga with all the extra translator notes, and they're like, "Um, this means this." Then fucking say it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to still be true to it. I don't want you to take out the word to dumb it down for my little brain. I can read the note. I can read the note. Like, it's cool. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Kekaku means planned, or however you say it. That was for comedic effect. It's death note. Come on. The entire show is a little bit of a joke to some degree. In the the newest One Piece chapter, which there's no spoilers in this. I'm no spoilers. Because that's not the actual chapter. It's a scan. Yeah, it's a scan. Um, There's a word that a character says, uncle. But they put Ojiki, and then the translator's note was Ojiki means uncle. <laughs> like no, but you. it means no. It does not mean your uncle. It's similar. He's saying uncle, but he's saying it in a way that you use when you're addressing other yakuza like bosses. It's yes. like uncle in a familial sense of a yakuza family, not like uncle like your own family. That's an important note, Nebula. <laughs> That's in, a very clear distinction. In the rest of the dub, they only refer to him as uncle. Uh-huh. Because he's still saying uncle. It's just the clarification of how the sense is. And it's very specific in this chapter. I can't tell you because it's a spoiler. <laughs> oh, my God. I just um, I just wanted to say a little funny One Piece thing. and then It's a I, funny One Piece thing, but you picked the wrong one. You could have picked uh, the one that was underneath it. <laughs> Where it's like, she likes to eat. Like, yeah, we know that. Thank you for putting that note. But uh, I have to ask, Kevin, for working on One Piece, have you have you indulged in it yourself? Oh, yeah. I. You see, the thing is, with One Piece, uh, I only have so many hours in my day. So I have, from years ago, I decided to uh, start One Piece from the beginning. But I set a rule for myself where I will only watch the dub episodes. Because when I watch the dub... I can multitask by yeah. like playing a video game where I can like, oh, something interesting is happening. We pause the game and look at the screen or do chores, clean my room, fold clothes, do something 
Whereas if I watch the sub, I have to be staring at the screen full attention and watch them do an episode recap for 45 minutes, you know, of of the of One Piece and then, you know, skip back. But I'm like, no, I can just listen to the dub. I hear them doing a flashback. All right, fast forward. Cool. Back to new content. Like, it's just so much more consumable that way. I don't have the time to go through 1000 episodes. And the dub at the time was, you know, I think it's still releasing like 20 episodes a month or something like that. So I watch a batch. I wait a month. I go back and One Piece reminds me, oh, One Piece kept it, came out? Can I clean my room? Dang, I'm, am I 200 episodes behind on One Piece? Ah, I haven't cleaned my room in a while. I should probably do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it keeps my life together now. <laughs> That's also such a good reward system of like, you get the reward of you get to watch a show that you like. And also, in the process of doing this thing that you like, you're forcing yourself to like keep yourself on, on track with all your chores and stuff. I have ADHD, so that does not work in my house. I can't like keep everything clean or keep the routine going. So I, I appreciate that. Of, oh, I should I have to do around the house? All right, time to put on anime. Yeah, I don't feel bad for binging 12 hours of One Piece by just sitting in my bed versus, hey, I binged 12 hours of One Piece, but I also got my room spick and span. Okay, I did a good thing. <laughs> for sure. I was a dub watcher up until the dub ran out and I would still be a dub only watcher if the dub was caught up. <laughs> yep. I just like why uh, I watched mostly sub anime just because if it's out I'll watch it. But uh One Piece, I'm like, there are too many dang episodes for me it's to watch. It's a whole different beast through. to wanna yeah. Yeah. The dub Absolutely. just makes it more accessible to me. That's why. I started dub and then I watched all the way to I finished Alabasta in the dub and then Skypia I did not like how the Calgara Noland flashback was handled in it a little bit. Um, I felt like it slightly dimmed down the homoeroticism between their partnership. Because um, in the Japanese, the way they're like talking to each other, they're a married couple. That's a they are they are a family, and so. Um, at that point, I was like, all right, I got to switch over just so I can get a little bit more of these moments slightly different than how they were written. But I'm at the point where it took me a little bit to catch up fully in Japanese to the point where I basically seen all of the major parts in the dub, just going and comparing the two over and over again. I've basically watched the whole series in the dub at this point. Yeah. Um, to what's caught up, especially once I started to meet voice actors and stuff. It's like, all right, I got to go make sure I figure out why this little character sounds like this. The one that we see like twice. Ooh, got to check on that. Um, because it's like, I like to, once I have like someone in my circle, I consider them a, like a friend acquaintance. So whenever I see them on a screen, it's like a soy jack point. Of like, oh my God, I know you. Um, every time. So going back and rewatching One Piece has been very fun. Because it's like, I know that person. Yeah, yeah. And I'm cheering and screaming. Um, doesn't work with people like Chris. Because it's like. You're in everything. Everywhere. <laughs> you're everywhere. But like, good. Yeah. Glad you're working. Um, but that's part of why it took me so long to also catch up on One Piece again. Because I was rewatching all the One Piece. Oops. Feel that. <laughs> so, Kevin, I'm curious if you mostly watch anime and sub what really inspired you to like become a dub actor so i okay i let me clarify that so i just watch a lot of anime in general so if something isn't available in dub then i'm watching the sub by default but in generally i prefer dubs over gotcha. just like okay. hearing things you know in the language that i speak because i can hear the acting but also I do things like uh, like with dubs, they're just 
fun if you get really fun scripts like for example like i mentioned girlfriend girlfriend uh that one has a stupidly fun script there's just a lot of lines where like uh britney lada is in that one she plays the uh the main heroine in that one and she just improvs so many lines that was my first show i was the lead of so i was like wait we can do that we can just do all that for the script okay and like halfway through the show i'm like okay well now i'm gonna do improv lines we had some just really fun ones fun stuff in that show so there's just so much you can do. And like a dub can make a show that I wouldn't watch in sub just fun in dub. Like a show like uh what uh like high school DXD is just a really raunchy show. It has a bunch of seasons and the subs, and I'm like, okay, you're just you know, you're just here for boobs. That's all you're here for. But the dub just makes it a massive comedy. Everything is a joke and they know it's a joke, and it's super enjoyable. <laughs> Love that. It's got that ghost stories treatment basically the ghost stories treatment except you know it's uh what's the word kosher and yeah it's aged. <laughs> it's aged a little nicer than ghost stories yes, it is aged. the visuals maybe not aged well but the, the dialogue is still like a fine wine i don't know i still see the clip of like where, where the sniper shot's going and her boobs perfectly form around the bullet i still uh, see that almost every other month on twitter pretty much no really that's that's how i saw the dead Oops, sorry. They look almost the same sometimes. And they have the same yeah. humor. I honestly just mix them in my brain way too often. Yeah. But they both I come School of the Dead I also way. love. It's also yeah, stupid. I, it's uh, yeah, so that, that stupid. One's, that one's so stupid. Like, oh my gosh. The, I have a friend in Alaska. She's a politician. She, she's got a whole house and guns. And I'm like, what? Well, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's her name? What? No, she can't say that on air. <laughs> Those jokes. I love it. I don't yeah. know. Even if they don't like particularly hold up, it's just the era of the time that really gets to me. Even if they're like, I don't know. It's like the original panty stocking dub. I know they're remaking it now and they're going to change things a little bit more to be a little bit more kosher, but also just to like be conscious of themselves, which is fine. I don't ever mind the change. But oh, remake that as a sequel. Um, it's a it's both. They're technically oh. changing a few things so that it's a little bit more like with the times um, in terms of adjusting some characters, but they're also still, so it's like, it's a direct sequel, but things are being slightly changed before we put it out. Some like retcons basically. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. Not too much though. Um, I think Chris stepped down from being garter belt. So that will probably go to someone else because he didn't want to take that character from a person of color or anything, which is cool. Yeah. Really cool. There but, are. like, I'm excited for it because I kind of miss just when things were allowed to be funny and a little dumb. Like, it doesn't need to be purposeful. It can just be silly. Stupid lines or stupid things. Yeah, like, there are times where we're recording, like, again, bringing it back to the girlfriend, girlfriend, where the director, <laughs> Peter, was just in the middle of, of recording a minute. He's like, you know what? I'm going to have you say poggers. And I'm like, can we say that? Is that not going to date this show? And he's like, let me Google this. Poggers, uh, yeah, Poggers is twenty years old. Yeah, it's not gonna date the show. It's already, it's Poggers not currently going. Twenty years old. Yeah, Poggers is like about twenty years old. What the like, hell? Okay, sure. He's like, it's old enough to not be dated. <laughs> Poggers oh is really god. old, apparently. Oh my god, I didn't know Poggers was old. I say it Poggers too much. Is, yeah, Poggers is not recent slang. So he's like, yeah, this is not gonna date it. So I'm like, okay. And then I said, monogamy is Poggers, and people are still like really enjoying that. <laughs> I'm gonna I watch love this. this. 
Um, that reminds yeah. me of the, the, the uh, fan translation of, um, oh, I can't remember the number of the chapter, but my hero, whenever Mirio comes through the ground and he goes, Pog Chip. Oh, d- oh, did that no. get changed in the adaptation? Has it been it adapted did. yet? Oh my God. It got changed. It was just a fan translation for that, yeah, those particular panels. Okay. Life's not fun. I, why can't yeah. we be fun? It would be in character for him to say that, though. I know. That's why I, I kind of believed you for a moment when they're like, fan translations said it. I'm like, okay, well, did it say it for real? Um, Just to suffer. Another part is, I feel like there was a writing in the My Hero uh, manga. I can't remember which character it was. I think it was Miriko, where um, she had like a little bit of an accent, and that made her say some weird things, where she was talking in a little bit more of like, I don't want to say slang, but it was Japanese slang. And everyone was like, this sounds stupid. Like, she would never say that. And then it got immediately changed to be, like, way more tame because they didn't like that she had an accent and was speaking in slightly broken slang. Um, And that was funny. When the chapter came out, it was funny. And then we had to walk it back. It's like, I just wish you people would let them be free with their direction. Please stop complaining. Um, uh, Ochako is the same way. Ochako is supposed to be um, like a very rural character, and she's supposed to have a rural accent and use rural slang. And they did that for a hot minute, and then they're like, "Actually, we're just not going to keep up with this," which pisses me off because we never see rural characters in anime. It would have been so fun. They did that in like a Dragon Ishin, um, because when you're playing in feudal Japan, you have this guy who. Um, is writing letters to his wife in a different place. They're like long distance married, but they've never met in person. And she writes letters in her accent. Um, so when you read it, like country music is playing, like American country music, a little twang on the guitar. Um, and it's being read in the most broken Japanese of all time because you're like, you're trying to understand how she's writing in this accent. It's the best bit in the whole fucking game. It's so funny. It's like, I had to read it out loud because it's basically written kind of in katakana like English where it's a little bit mixed, but then country twang is playing in the background. Best fucking bit. It's so funny. And it just makes me sad when we're like, well, we have to make it make sense, guys. Like, no, we don't keep the bit. Um, Because I love improv comedy. There was a little bit on uh, Mob Psycho. There's a little bit on um, Osamatsu compared to the two because the Japanese script was so much of just like improv shit humor instead of like adjusting the two there's no way to make a faithful osamatsu script without a little bit of uh, improv and so that's always what i seek out a little bit when it comes to like my splash in the pan anime watches because they're I think funny they're memorable we need to take that lady from tiktok that speaks fluent japanese but does so in a southern american accent and just put her in the sub for <laughs> for several anime <laughs> Accents are always really tricky. It's always like whenever accents come up in anime and the studio is always sweating, like, okay, what are we doing? Are we going to change the words? Are we going to give them an accent? I don't know. Oh, God. Like, I remember when Haikyuu was coming out and like, like my character's team, uh, Kita, like, I think they all have accents in the in the sub, but they decided not to do the accents when they did the dub. And like some fans were like, "Oh yeah, we really liked it." Their friends were like, "I'm upset. How dare you not, you know, speak with a southern twang?" And I'm like, I, "He would sound ridiculous if he spoke with a southern twang." Please no, especially with how his character is in English. But like other shows, like Blue Lock, uh, like when when my character appears, he's you know a French dude who does not speak Japanese. So in the Japanese version, he speaks English. 
uh, like his whole team is him. I think is it a Brazilian dude, a British dude, and like other Spanish dude, and they all speaking English for some reason. Which, uh, in real life, they wouldn't be speaking English to each other. They'd just be speaking um, uh, another language. Uh, so that was weird. So they're like, are we gonna have them speak? english or with accents or are we gonna have them speak another language like spanish so when i got the call i'm like can you speak spanish i'm like no but my roommate can teach me and i'm like <laughs> so no but like, i can learn i could become bilingual yeah, I, I for can, this role <laughs> i grew up in miami i can mimic enough spanish to, to make it through a couple lines so like it was always a, a it's always a toss-up between you know what are they gonna do what are they gonna do this and then like you know we ended up just having them speak english but with accents whether in other languages like like the the Spanish dub of Blue Lock or the French dub, I can't remember which dub I saw on TikTok, but they just they did what the J didn't speak English and it sounded super just like the J, but we can't do that because we're speaking English already. Yeah, yeah, like, you're already adapting it to English. We have to change this, or else it's just English the entire time and it's a little lazy. Yeah, we can't. Like they specifically comment, oh, I don't know what this guy is saying. He's speaking another language in the Japanese and we can't do that. We change it to, I can't understand their accents. Which they can understand their accents, but and I can't understand their accents. What are they saying? Like, oh, I listen to uh regional music i know what they're saying and it's like it doesn't hit as hard but you know we did what we could but like yeah. later in the manga they're just gonna write that out anyway they'll be like hey we have earpieces that translate languages automatically and that's gonna be fun when we have to adapt to that in the english <laughs> it just makes me better at hearing um accents <laughs> it just makes me better at listening um yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know yeah you know whatever. <laughs> it is what it is i mean yeah <laughs> it's hard yeah, so, was... oh, sorry, no, you go, Parker. No, no, I was just gonna say it feels like anytime it's a language-based joke in terms of like adapting accents, where it's like if you have someone who's rural Japanese still as the example, and they're speaking in almost like slightly broken English compared to, and then you have to come to English dubbing. You're like, okay, well, how do we make that make sense? Um, I actually never thought about that until you said that. Um, and that's very interesting. That's like having to completely like back out of writing to rewrite the entire part part a little bit because that just doesn't make sense when we're all speaking English anyways. Yeah, we got to um. make the jokes in the context work. Like, uh, so like for example, Bullock, we almost did Spanish, but we decided to keep it English with the accents. But like another show, like I did a lot of extras in, in Golden Comedy and there is like other languages in that. So like we had stuff where we just did a bunch of extras and bits in Russian and they had Russian guide tracks for us when we were doing it. And you just hear me screaming, you know, Dubai, Dubai, and all, all stuff in the background. And and it's like, I'm so sorry for anyone who speaks Russian listening to this, but we're doing what we I've gotta do. Your, I think I've heard your Russian in the Golden Kemoy dub because I watched <laughs> yeah. all the way through because my boyfriend is obsessed with the manga. Um, and people complain about the way that the anime was handled, but I think the fucking CGI bears are the funniest oh. thing in the fucking world because that's exactly <laughs> how they are in the manga. They are PNGs of bears in the manga. They are not drawn. <laughs> so anyone who's ever complained has not read the manga. And it's not a true fan, fake fan. <laughs> more people need to read and watch Golden Kamui. Please, it's the best. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I love it, but. Can. Well, I was going to ask on the, the realm of adaptations, um, I know that you've also done voice work for video games and visual novels, and I'm very curious if that process is much different from dubbing for an anime, especially for something like a visual novel. So what has been like, what's like the same, what's different when it comes to working for um, gaming dubbing versus anime dubbing? Oh, well, ga okay, game dubbing specifically. So. 
Uh, in terms of game dubbing, I've done like dubbing for like uh, what uh, Pokemon Masters EX. I did some dubbing for that. Uh, I'm not, I haven't done a whole lot of game dubbing. I like did extras in like Genshin Impact. So it depends on who you're working with specifically on how the experience is. You know, the anime dubbing, we've got the reference in Japanese where we follow. We've got lip flaps we need to match. But depending on the game, you're either trying to match flaps if you're doing like a cutscene. Like I've done like uh, like Chinese uh, gotcha game dubs that I've done, uh, like Tale of Food and stuff like that. So sometimes you're trying to match the timing of the other language. Uh, in terms of just here's a file make sure you're stopping and starting at the same time as they are or you're trying to match flaps which can be more specific because we'll have to change the words so it might not be exact as what the other language is doing but you're matching what the animation you know they're doing wise is or other times you're just like yeah no we don't really care uh there's we're not trying to match anything here just do your own thing on that point so it really depends who the client is i think the general consensus is with game dubbing is usually it's just make sure the timing is stopping and starting at the same time as they are and everything else internally doesn't really matter because it's just so hard sometimes to go back and redo the animation so we don't want to do that and sometimes we don't have the visuals to even say hey are we even making this look correct on screen you know right. i think game uh, dubbing in games though especially the bigger games are getting better because then you're just developing software to actually go back and redo the mount flaps for characters. Like I know like games like Xenoblade Chronicles, the new one that came out three, uh, they actually had a software that redid, or I'm not sure if it's software, somebody went back and reanimated it, but they redid the mouth flaps for all the characters for the English version to match what they were saying in English versus us trying to match uh, exactly what the Japanese did. Because in like previous Xenoblade games, it was kind of rough sounding when somebody is trying to match exactly what the Japanese is doing in an action scene or something like that. And like, you know, we're asking, you know, what are you doing when the Japanese just dot dot? And it's like, no, wait, that doesn't work. You have to talk super fast for that, you know, or make some weird words. So, yeah, it really depends on who you're working with. But game dubbing in general is just kind of easier than anime dubbing because you just have a row of lines. And, hey, just go through these lines. Give me three takes of each, blah, 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 blah. Go through. If you're not matching flaps, even faster. Matching timing, even faster. But if it's t timing-wise, super simple where... Anime just has so many more moving parts. There's so much more going on. At least for Interesting. Our side okay. With games like Smite, where you're not even looking at the character's like face while you're playing it, is it that much easier? Because you're basically just saying it, and then they play it whenever it's cued to um, kind oh, of deal. Yeah, Smite, yeah, I just had a big Excel sheet of lines to go through, and I'm like, all right, give me three takes of each. Go, 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 go. Like, the most other kinds of like trying to match if I needed to do was all right here are your alt lines here we're gonna play you some video of what the alt looks like just so you know how intense it's gonna be and I'm like cool that's it but everything else is yeah this is walk walk on. in the park just say it yeah. we're good nothing to match because as long as they have the cut it's good yeah just but... like direction you know things here or like hey you're you're ganking here bro this is this is your line and I'm like what's ganking like oh okay wait okay here we go hold on, hold on back up we gotta teach you we gotta teach mobile language hold yeah, on yeah yeah <laughs> This is the first mobile I've ever played. I've ever played is I never played a mobile before. I'm like, all right, I learned that now. <laughs> uh, I was a Smite player for like a year, and then because it was on um, PlayStation, so it was easy to play. And then I started playing League, and I completely dropped. <laughs> but League is a different, like a hell of a drug, horrible beast. God damn, it's a horrible drug. Um, but it has to be. Yeah, it's it's basically the same thing of just like a top down. There's no mouths to see. No one knows. They don't even have animated mouths most of the time. Yeah. But walk in so the park. 
for visual novels that you've worked on or like visual novel gaming, is it a blend of the two? Is it just like give us three takes of all these lines or is it a, li- a little more similar to anime because you're kind of keeping with a narrative? So be- with visual novels, it's more closer to regular video game work than anime. It's not even, like usually not even dubbing because I haven't done any dubbed visual novels. Yeah, I've just done like straight just indie. So from scratch, so my my lines were the first ones to be in the game. So just like, hey, do whatever you want here, essentially. And if we want to give you other direction, we will. And we're just slapping that in the game. And I don't think the games I've done have like really cared about having mouth flaps. So they just play the audio, you know, with the character sprite. So it didn't matter. I was just, you know, free reign to do whatever. So that's, okay. it was super simple to do those. That sounds like the most fun, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm just so saying was... the word out loud and it just happens. You don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah, I don't have to worry about stress about other things, which honestly, like when everyone is on their game when it comes to anime, it's it's not even that bad when this the you know, when people who are making the the time codes for the anime like are on point, when the script writer is on point, there's really not much work I do outside of putting setting the words. So I'm not saying them like, you know, too fast because I'm a speed talker or too slow. Like generally it's gonna fit. So yeah. Just depends on everybody's, you know, working together properly interesting i i think you're the first one that we've talked to about doing voice work for visual novels because i've always been curious about that since i feel like every visual novel has their has the template and then they're like well we'll just tweak the template a little bit in this one specific area and then it just becomes its own like monster (laughs) to tackle so it's it's nice to kind of peek behind the curtain and see that it's really not that big of a deal um that's awesome i love how long your anime news network credit line is and i keep like referring back to it to be like what else do i want to ask him about because this is fucking awesome and there is just far too much <laughs> to pack into yeah. one one interview i did uh yeah i did my time in the gulags and the, <laughs> the wall of gulags on there <laughs> very long credits i feel like i have something around 250 plus credits i don't know i'm not gonna count but <laughs> yeah an impressive long scroll on the anime's news network page (laughs) so if you started in college and you were what about 19 or 20 when you started doing this professionally yeah i think let me see 2016 so i graduated 2014 so two years so 2014 i was 17 so 18 19 so I'd say I started acting yeah, when I was 18 then. Yeah, it was before. Wow. 18, 19. That's, I think you might be one of the youngest professional voice actors that we've talked to. I think it's like <laughs> you and Chris Savage. <laughs> <laughs> I know there are plenty of people who started younger than me. Like, uh, like Aaron Disney started when he was like, what, 13, 12 or something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could not imagine. Yeah. Here's my puberty voice. Let me have it recorded forever and immortalized. <laughs> well, that happens to a lot because when we need a child, but we don't want like a young woman to play a child, that's like a literal, literal little kid is here. So their voice is forever immortalized. Yeah, yeah. it's like the kids who are on Barney. They are not kids no more. Um, <laughs> yeah. Forever immortalized as a seven-year-old. They have mortgages now. It's crazy. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, they do. Hmm. I don't like that thought. I don't. You don't like thinking of the children on TV growing because it's been 20 (laughs) years since they bared. 
No, it's more of a, I don't like thinking that someone who has been on Barney now like does taxes. <laughs> well, they do. Barney did taxes. Barney did taxes. Yep, it's it's crazy. Like, but yeah, tis life. But yeah, everybody starts somewhere. Some people start like later than I did. Some people start earlier than I did. Like, I just started on a whim and had fun with it. Asked for uh. You know, advice for some people, you know, decided to make plans and moved out here and, you know, just did what I had to do. Set a goal, uh, tried to reach it. If I made it, then I made a new goal, you know, moved the goalpost, kept going. That's awesome. That seems so, like, attainable. I feel like so many actors or creatives talk about it. They're like, oh, I just got really lucky or I did this and then it just, like, led into this and I just kind of rolled with it. But to hear someone be very very practical about it is always very reassuring to me because it's like no you can do it if you set your mind to it you just have to actually make sure you're achieving it asking someone about it and they're like i'm a juilliard actor and then i moved to voice acting it's like yeah sure but cool i don't have a strong acting Uh background to start like again i started on my online stuff like i said like uh, I said, like I said, I set goals and to, to reach some small attainable goals and kept moving up. But I also like I didn't like you know have like Sabbath walk and like you you're gonna be the next in anime blah 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 because it was you know a mechanic or whatever the story was with that. But um like I did get lucky with having a lot of like opportunities to to do things because when I was starting out I was seeing oh there are all these workshops happening online but also like in Texas when I was in Florida or oh there's these open auditions for studios at conventions where people will be like, oh, you know, if you come here and do this and if you win, we'll actually put you in a show and that's a good way to get your foot in the door, blah, blah, blah. Um, Well, I was lucky in the fact that my mother uh, works at an airline. So when I was uh, young, uh, under her like plan or whatnot, I could fly for free. As long as there's an open seat on a plane, I could fly for free. So sometimes I'd be like on Discord and a friend would be like, Hey, Kevin, did you see that they're doing like an open audition for Bang Zoom to get in the show in L.A.? And I'm like, what? When is that happening? Oh, it's happening tomorrow. T- tomorrow isn't Saturday? Yeah, it's happening tomorrow. I'm like, oh, OK. Hey, mom, uh, can I get a flight to Chicago uh, in the morning? She's like, sure. And I'm like, cool, thanks. Hey, dad, um, go to Chicago tomorrow morning. You're what? <laughs> and then so. I have flown to Chicago several times, flown to San Antonio several times while I was in Florida to do like like competitions and stuff like that and meet people and like, you know, try the stuff or just fly out. I remember I was doing like Chris uh, Rager's like uh, ADR classes and he had like a once a week class for a month. So what I would do was I would uh, do my day job in the morning in Florida, uh, fly out uh, the the same night, fly out uh, to to uh, Texas do the class and then fly back to Florida in the morning and then do my day job like at night the next day. So people would be like, yeah, I drove an hour to get here. Oh yeah. Well, I drove four hours from Houston and like, I flew in from Miami and they're like, what? <laughs> Why? You're on this I'm like, super commuter schedule. Yeah. I was, I, I pulled double duty and they're like, used the opportunities to the best of my abilities. I did crazy, stupid stuff, but I'm like, Hey, I want this thing. I want this opportunity. I'm going to make it work. I'd be like, oh, last minute convention thing I got to fly out for. Um, Shoot, I don't have my boss's number to say I got to call out. Uh, Oh, wait, I have a classmate in college who also works at my job. Text them. Hey, can you tell my boss I'm I'm not going to be around this weekend? I'll owe you one. Cool. Thanks, fam. All right. And I flew out and came back and like, boss, they tell you, yeah, I knew you were gone. Thank you. All right. You know, and I I did my stuff and like 
those same bosses that I would like, you know, like I said, like I, I earned my good boy points for my job. So like now in the future that I left that job and I lived in Texas, my bosses and my coworkers from that old job still followed me on Facebook and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my God, we're so proud that you're doing the thing that, you know, we said that you'd be good at doing. And I'm like, right, it's, it's insane. And like um, another thing in Florida that I had that was, um, that helped uh, just give me confidence to do stuff and like set plans was um my, uh, I, my high school. I went to uh, high school and lived around the area, some other like uh, prominent voice actors. So like, uh, uh, if you know, Alejandro Saab went to my high school and I'm best friends with his cousin. So uh, for a while when I started, uh, I had this weird like embarrassed thing where I'm just like, oh, I'm starting voice acting, but I can't let anyone know I'm voice acting because they'll think I'm copying Alejandro. I can't do that. Can't let my best friend know. So for like months, I hid it from him, which I can't remember how he found out. But my friend found out that started voice acting. He's like, what? You're doing voice acting? And I'm like, oh, no. I'm calling my cousin right now. I'm going to get him to give you all the advice you need in the world. I'm like, no, don't do it. It's too late. I'm already on the phone with him. And it's like... And he calls Aww. him and he makes like a big three-way Skype call and it's Alejandro's like, yeah, I'm directing this game right now in between on break right now. But yeah, I'll give you all this advice about what to do and all that. He told me about moving to Texas and all about like being realistic. I'm like, hey, this thing is hard. You might not make it. You're going to bust your butt off. You know, you're going to do all that stuff. I'm like, hey, appreciate the advice. I'm going to take it. And I did what I could and moved down here and, you know, made it work. That's awesome that you had such a strong support network in so many different areas, like professionally, personally, that's, that's so, that makes me so happy. Like, I just, I just love hearing about stuff like that. And that it just reinforces what I've heard from so many other voice actors that the voice acting community is very close and very supportive in regards of like helping you achieve what you want to achieve. It's not snarky or egotistical for the most part. It's other people wanting to help other people consistently. Like, oh no, I'm copying them. But like, they're never going to see it as that. They're seeing it as like, oh, there's somebody else that wants to get into this. Here, let me pass on everything I know. Like, that's so awesome. And it's cool that you guys share so many like properties in terms of what you've both been on with him being on Blue Lock and Smite as well. And some other ones that you guys have both been able to like share and simultaneously work on as projects, even if not like fully together because of the circumstances around like dubbing and working. But yeah, I think it was really cool when um like uh, when we did the show Beast Tamer, like I played uh, titular Beast Tamer in that one, Rain. But then he plays uh, the the hero in in that one, which I, I'm probably going to butcher this, but like the full title of the show is something, something. I was in the hero's party as a beast hero, but then got fired wrong. And Alejandro plays basically the villain of that show, the hero. And I play the beast tamer. So it got cool that we got to play, you know, the two, some of the leads of that show together. It was really, and it's like really full circle after the support call of you starting and working. Yeah, it works out really cool. Like, I've gotten support from a bunch of people. Like I said, like, my roommates, Alex, Ben, they're all really good. And, like, small world with a voice acting community. It's like, when I was talking to my best friend, uh, Julian, about, like, doing voice acting, he's like, oh, yeah, well, my sister's uh, boyfriend, you know, moved to Texas, and he's doing acting and stuff, too. And then when I moved in here with uh, my buddy Alex, he's like, yeah, um, my best friend, uh, like, you know, one of my friends, uh, he he does a lot of acting, too. He's really somebody. He's telling me stories about him. And I'm like, wait a second. Your stories about your friend are very similar to stories about my best friend's sister's boyfriend. What's his name? And it turns out they were the same person. 
<laughs> which he's he's uh he's a Nazi Tarsha who's also a really a really big actor and like everyone just knows each other it just happens so it just happened that the guy I moved in with was really close with basically a relative of my best friend <laughs> so it's all really insane in a really small world especially with everyone having to be in Dallas to congregate for Crunchyroll dubbing be at their mercy everyone in Dallas is a voice actor at this point because of how many people have to come down but yeah that is really cool to have that system and be able to work on it um i feel like just because of us podcasting and being able to network with other voice actors it's also really helped because we've been able to get every single person's origin for how they start um where to start access to classes we didn't really like have full availability to until they were given to us directly um things like that and so being able to just have all of these things be accessible to us as well as some of our listeners it's like okay it's a much more realistic attainable goal to be able to find a good starting point and being able to network a little bit because it's really hard to network in this day to day sometimes because it's like having to muster up yourself with your resume and re- reel in hand and just be out there and it's a little difficult and so being able to get everyone's input on how they started and just being able to be like brave enough to ask for that chance um really makes all the difference in terms of just like you can it's fully attainable you just have to make the first step and work really hard and like yeah basically prove that you're working hard like you know when you get knocked down you have to take what you know what you learn from that and actually improve and come back better than you were before i like i was taking so many you know workshops and classes and meeting people just improving my stuff and you keep getting the same like comments oh wow yeah you got a really good voice for that you know you're, you're doing really well i'm like yeah it, it, you should be doing fine and i'm like oh then why haven't i done any work yeah you keep saying i'm doing good and then like i remember one class which is really funny i was end up taking so many classes at one point that i've been losing track of classes that I'm taking. So one time I was just in an apartment building a table and I get a, a call from one of the people running class. like, Hey, uh, are you coming to this class today? And I'm like, what you mean class today? The one at like seven o'clock. And I'm like, it's, it's seven 15. I'm like, Oh no, I forgot. So I like jumped in my car and sped all the way to go to the class. And that was a class where like we had to bring like a monologue to, to, to do. So I forgot that the class was happening. I didn't have a monologue. So as I'm like running up there, I'm like, uh, Google monologues. Okay, I'm going to skim this one. I, there's no way in hell I'm going to memorize this. So I just ended up like going to the class and like running in there doing a monologue. And I had to improv half the monologue because I'm like, I can't memorize this whole thing. So I improved it and they ended up really liking it. And the the director of that class was, uh, was uh, Kyle Phillips. And he gave me a lot of praise during that class. And at the end of the class, I went up to him and I'm thinking, hey, you know, I really appreciate all the, the kind words that you gave me on the class. But uh, what I want to know is, like, what do I need to do, like, outside of this to get my name on the table of directors at, you know, Funimation at the time and figure out, like, what do I need to do to, like, have them, like, know I exist to even consider me for things, you know, just so I can get my foot in the door with extras or wall and stuff like that. And he's just like, eh, don't worry about that. I'll uh, work with you soon. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, you probably said that to everybody. All right, cool. Anyway, all right, off to the next day. And then, like, a week later, I got an email. Hey, do you want to come in for Ace Attorney? I'm just like, <gasps> and, like, <laughs> yeah. So that was, like, I guess I just kept trying, and eventually somebody decided to give me a shot. And I appreciate Kyle to this day for 
getting my foot in the door because you know years down the road you know i'm now doing all this stuff and i'm incredibly incredibly grateful incredibly happy <laughs> i cannot believe that you just improved that and just i the amount of anxiety that i felt hearing the story i cannot imagine getting up yeah. there and being like anyways here's this monologue <laughs> yep oh my god <laughs> I did my best. I'm. I really. Oh, another reason why I'm a voice actor. I really suck at Im, uh, like memorizing scripts. So, yeah, I'd sooner just improv something than memorize it. You know, I don't have a photographic memory. I can't do that. <laughs> uh, no, just best, doing you know. ad reels is my biggest nightmare because I'll have it on there and it's like I can't do this. If I have to read and talk at the same time, I'm lost. I cannot handle it because. I mean, I can do it, but it's like the shame of the re- like smooth recording. It's like, please just stop being anxious and just say it all in one go. Um, I'm definitely more of an improv like comedian myself when it comes to how I work and how I function when I'm doing panels, because you know when you're at a panel, you have to keep people held very, very, very tight, or they're just gonna walk out of the room. Um, and the comparison for like running that is so much more different than even a podcast format. Like podcasting is easy because it's like, if we don't like it, we can realistically just cut it out and no one sees this until we're happy. But when you're sitting in front of all of these people and having to just be a professional and be like, it's kind of like streaming to a degree, but less pressure because, or, or more pressure because more people are looking right at you as you do it. Um, being able to engage a room and be a character can be so difficult sometimes. And I can only imagine it's similar to voice acting because you're still having to be in character to a degree and still get those marks. While Although you're not being viewed by the viewer at that moment, you still have the whole team looking at you to make sure you're getting it right over and over and over again um, in terms of both the improv and being able to read directly from the script in terms of just like your delivery. You have to make sure that you are able to make it every single time, um, of course, because you don't want to just be sitting there having to re-record for multiple hours at a time. And it's just there's so much pressure behind having to like put yourself forward as like almost a caricature of yourself to just make sure things are going smoothly. Um. I did too many church programs as a kid to to have the shame still of reciting weird, stupid, memorized lines. So, oh yeah, I've I've said enough incredibly wild things in anime where like I don't get embarrassed by by most lines anymore. So. One thing that helps me do is I always try to single out something specific instead of like all the time, like just trying to make myself a different person when I act. I kind of just think, what's the most uh, familiar thing about this character that I can link back to myself and then just latch onto that thing to get into character. That's kind of what I do uh, when it comes to my dudes. Or I just think on like a memory that uh, of, of, a, of a thing or another person that helps me get into character. Like with Zeus, he has the the big old goofy voice and he has the <laughs> like laughs and stuff like that where like i i don't personally like identify with zeus but i went to school with somebody who had a laugh just like that and we when every time he laughed everyone else would laugh around it was just such a goofy like jolly laugh so anytime i'm playing zeus i like think back to that dude and that helps me get into character <laughs> I love Zeus. He's my favorite because I'm a Nami cosplayer. So it's like, that's that's my son. That's my guy. Um, I'm currently in the process of making a really big one. I think he's going to technically be from like here to here and like this tall. Um, so I can hang him on my climb attack and just wave him around like a fucking psychopath. Um, 
he's my favorite little guy. And so when Marianne messaged us, I was like, yes, please. I I like talking to people who are tied to those characters to some degree, because it feels a little bit, uh, I don't want to say validating, because it's like, I don't need to, I don't know, missing the words I need. But it's a little bit validating to put so much time and work into caring for a character and then being able to talk to other people who have put in so much work and time to the character, even if mine is in a different vein from someone else. It's a little bit validating to have that shared interest of like this thing that we both have positive feeling for to such a degree. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with One Piece. I cannot deny it. But when I also get to talk to other people who have the same interest in it and being able to have a part in it is so cool, especially because like, I don't know, you may feel for a bit where Zeus was like not the biggest major character in the world, but now he's making such a big comeback with everything that's happening in current Wano. It's like, wow, you have a very distinct part now throughout everything that's going to happen all the way to the end game, basically. Um, yeah, <laughs> it has to be really cool because it's like you wouldn't think that the cloud is going to be with us for the next 200 episodes. But here we are. Oh, yeah. it was a it was a surprise <laughs> when it happened because I my first Zeus session was actually in this recording booth. Nice. So I got uh, called in for that. And like it was Anthony Bowling who was directing at the time. And he's like, hmm, who are we going to, you know, give you in this one? He was like, How about Zeus? And I'm like, oh, Zeus, like the god of thunder that sounds pretty cool he's a cloud i'm like oh okay sure and i like i i did i did this i did the session i had fun with it and like i'm like yeah uh i went i went to my upstairs to my room afterwards i'm like uh yeah i got a, a cloud uh zeus and my roommate who is a massive he reads the manga he's a massive one piece fan he's like you get to be zeus and i'm like what what's gonna be about that i'm like bro he's basically a straw hat now and i'm like what real shit what <laughs> yeah you on the main crew now let's yeah. go that um, was a wild surprise. I didn't, like, just because of how long One Piece is, I didn't even think they were going to add new crew members soon. But, like, I don't know, Zeus is like, I don't know if he's technically a crew member or not, but he's basically with Nami and he's there forever. So that was something I didn't ever, like, you know, t tell me when I started, you know, acting, like, you know, six years ago that I'd get to basically be, you know, one of the mainstays in One Piece is insane to me. Something I would never consider in my life. So. Yeah, it's extremely cool because there's for the part where i was like i don't know i feel just be lost with big mom forever and then no we're still here we're still back and so being able to like do it and it's really cool doing that with one piece because you'll talk to voice actors who were in alabasta only and then it's like hey guys it's been 20 years can you come back um because it happens over and over because of how long the series has been running and dubbing for of just like, a, well, if you're here, you're kind of either stuck here permanently or we'll see you in 20 years. We'll figure it out from there. Because each arc is like a two to three year process almost in I'm terms sure of just having to get it all out. Yeah, I'm sure that dude who plays Ace, uh, I can't remember his name top of my head, but anytime Ace does new things in the show, I'm like, yo, I died like 10 years ago. Why am I still getting <laughs> Travis Willingham waking up because he's got to film with some Wano lines after he died 10 years ago. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, I didn't expect to be here, but hey, I'll take the paycheck. And we have to call Brandon to come be Shanks again. Hey, yep. what's up, man? Hey, you're probably you're back. kind of lost with the show. Here you go. Let's go. Outside of Black we make a whole movie that needs you to be here. What's up? Got a kid we'll now. What? Yeah. Okay. Here you go. Child like support the movie. John Gremion and John Swayze that are eventually going to be coming back in the anime, I think. Hopefully. Maybe. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've already, you can't say that like it's not a spoiler when we talked to them about it. 
That's true. That's You've true. said on this That's podcast true. to John how he feels, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm internally grateful because I just want to be able to work more." I'm like, "That makes sense." Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, jobs, bills to pay. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, the reoccurring always will get paid because we need you to come back every five years or so just to check how you're doing. Yeah, just to see. Hey, you know, Doctor uh, Correa's voice actor. Who the fuck is that? Because you got to come back a lot. <laughs> And it's funny because it's like all of these recurring roles will always still be relevant in some way. Like no matter what, you will never lose relevancy as a One Piece character. Delphomingo, we're still checking in with him. Don't worry. Um, Why? Don't worry about it. (laughs) Call him back in. Make him do his laugh session. Send him home. Done. He'll be back. We don't know when, but you will be back. (laughs) Wow. But yeah. So congratulations on being a straw hat now because it means you will have so much work to put in. Yeah. I'll be around for a while and get to have just all the goofy lines. So it'll be great. <laughs> and have roles in the end game. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Let's see how that well, Kevin, this has been so much fun. Um, and I would love to move into our final little segment of our show, um, which is our little gratitude exercise called boss battles and beach episodes i know i mentioned this to you right before we started recording and i would love to tack on this recording as an additional beach episode because you've been so fun to talk to and just to hear your your professional opinion and experiences has been really cool and very eye-opening um so parker i am going to ask you if you'd like to share your boss battle first um mine is uh although my photo shoot yesterday was so fucking fun um we did have three people drop out but that that is what it is it was still super fun to organize um and great our photographers are already starting to get photos back to us which is a shock considering it was only 24 not even 24 hours after they got them back to us um but I am not I, I am not as young as I'm still 20 fucking three, but I feel like I am 70 years old. My body is not recovering from a two hour long photo shoot. Um, wasn't I wasn't even wearing a hard costume. I was in a swimsuit and a heavy wig. So I was putting um, that was it. But for some reason, I feel physically torn to shreds. Like, I don't know what the hell it was. We had to wake up at 6 a.m. so we could go to the grocery store and grab some last minute things and get makeup ready. And I had to do the stupid burn on Gavin's face because he was cracker. And so that took a little bit of time to do. And then the wig was a fucking nightmare and a half because we had to basically use four people to drag it on his head. Because once you glue things to the inside of a wig, um, it loses its elasticity because of the foam pieces. So it took three people like having to gently corral it over his big head. Um, pain in the ass. Physically, I don't know what the hell happened. But I woke up feeling like I got the shit beaten out of me because of it. That's my boss battle. So I'm just trying to relax today because I'm so tired. It hurts so bad. Well, and you worked so hard on it. Like, Nitro looks super good. Hello, we're recording. What is this? What are you doing? Is vacuuming that a- your hair mid Are you vacuuming my hair? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay, well, <laughs> boss battle. Ryan, um, Ryan leave this in. <laughs> but yeah, that's, okay, that's my boss battle. Sense. I'm very tired. And there's lunchbox. The whole family's in here. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I'm tired. But I, I after... <laughs> I had to crunch all week, basically, because I couldn't mount this part of the wig without two other people because he has his two big spikes out and then the one on the top. The ones on the side were easy because I could just hold the wig open and push. But the one on the top, you have to have it fully expanded because of the way the net works on top. And so 
I couldn't basically do anything. And I ran out of glue, so I couldn't finish it last week like I wanted to. So basically all this week I've done is just working on this costume. So I'm very tired. I feel like I've been thrown down the stairs multiple times, but it's okay. We did it. We you did, did it. it. We I'm lived. so proud of you. And Can your big long like- photo shoot looked so cute. Thank you. I'm excited to get the photos back. I wish that we had our group, but it is what it is. Circumstances are, it's fine. We're going to do it again with everyone else this time as we do the tea party shoot. So nice. Yay. More pudding. (laughs) Anyways, who's next? Kevin, would you like to go next? Uh, Sure. Have yours. uh, Yeah. Triumphs and things we have to overcome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just anything that's like, it could be a minor annoyance. Like you got to, I don't know, like a tiny parking ticket or whatever, or it could be something big. It, it's whatever you feel comfortable sharing, anything that you are overcoming at the moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, as an actor, we're always trying to overcome so many things. Hey, I want to work at this studio. How do I do that? Hey, I want to get this agency. How do I do that? So I'm always like fighting to improve my skills and stuff like that. But I'd say like one immediate thing I'm overcoming is just like time management because there are some weeks where I do everything at once, all in one day. So that's tough. Like, uh, I'm the assistant director for uh, the show's Tiny Senpai, My Tiny Senpai, and Ayaka at Crunchyroll. But like I said, I'm also uh, the lead of Am I Actually the Strongest, which is also airing right now. So like, there was a a few weeks ago where uh, the director for that show was gone for a week. Gone coincidentally during the started endpoints of the shows uh, of like episodes like three of both of Ayaka and Tiny Senpai. And there's also episode three of I'm Strongest to Record. And so I was in the studio, like basically 10 to six uh, recording, uh, directing people for that shows, but I still had to record my own show and I couldn't do it during normal daytime hours. So then some days I was doing like 10 to six and then like seven to 10 at night recording my show. So that way we can hit the deadlines for all three of the shows. and that was ooh, that was tiring that was tough so that definitely did uh knock the stuffing out of me for that like week basically that i was doing that to make sure we had everything done so that was something i had to overcome but i really enjoy what i do and like sometimes you know just doing hard things is is a part of my job and but i have fun doing it so it was good and even though i was tired in the day while i was in the room doing it i was laughing i was having a good time so that's something that uh that I'm happy and that honestly it's kind of both uh you know like a triumph and something I had to overcome just doing all those long hours but also I was having a good time doing it so it worked out too in the end of the day yeah hard to get through but rewarding once you do yeah exactly more like rewarding while I'm doing it but when I get home I die (laughs) yeah it catches up with you in the end and you're sleeping for 12 hours and it's okay Yep, it is. It is tough. I wear many hats and, you know, I, I do what I can. <laughs> I completely understand wearing too many damn hats. It's it's a lot. It, yes. it, it is a lot, but, you know. But we choose gonna... it as our jobs for some reason. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's so rewarding to wear 70 hats. And then when you have the final product, it's like, yeah, guys, 100% me, all of the hats. Yep. <laughs> I did that, you know, like, it's really <laughs> great. <laughs> 
similar vein boss battles for the both of us of just being dead as hell after doing too much yeah i have several things that i do contract for like country roll or other studios so i'm always struggling do i have these auditions done do i have this do i have that you know have i done these checks on this show am i do i need to be directing tonight you know am i doing a day job right now like there's so many so much so much to do (laughs) completely understandable Damn. My boss battle is that we moved recently and we're still in the process of getting everything set up. So I am like halfway in between. Like everything that we need is set up, but then everything that I want to be set up so it looks nice and I like actually enjoy being around everything, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just in the middle of like, yeah, my my desk is set up, my sewing machine's set up, everything's here, but I also still have boxes over here, so don't look at that. Like we'll get there eventually. Don't worry about that part. Don't pay no attention to the boxes on my right. It's fine. The ugly phase of everything being ready. Yes. My apartment is still in that phase simultaneously. We just barely hung up a mirror. Um, it's behind my desk, so you can't see it. But we finally got some like little picture hanging nails. Um, trying to hang it up. We fo- somehow managed to place it directly in between two, directly in between two studs. Um, so when we tried to put one on the left, stud. Tried to put one on the right. Also a stud, so we had to completely move the walls because even though we used the stud finder before we measured any of these out, didn't didn't pull it up at all. So, yeah, cool. No, Rip. bad luck. So now it's on a completely different wall. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I love the ugly phases of having to still be unpacking very much into living there. Yes. Hey, <laughs> do you want to start well, with wanna... that? Oh, I can Excuse start with. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll do the reverse order back. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, my beach episode is that I, even though I didn't get to shoot her yesterday because there was um, a rainstorm that moved in, there's a cosplay that I finished very, very quickly. And I am excited to shoot her either later this month or early September, but I finished Fishman Island Robin. Um, I got it. I got the base outfit secondhand from another cosplayer. And then I hand plucked the lace front wig, which killed me, but it's done. I did it. Um, I like fabric painted the shoes and got the perfect pair and it's, it's all secondhand except for the wig. And I'm very proud of being more like sustainable when cosplaying as well and not just like supporting all the fast fashion stuff. So that's my, be- my beach episode. I don't have fast turnarounds with cosplays ever. So I'm, I'm very happy that I got it figured out. Yeah. 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 You be can on crack. <laughs> Just, just be insane. Be terminally insane, and it works out for you. So, Kevin, yeah, what Kevin. is what is your uh, beach episode for the week? Uh, I guess for the week, uh, I don't know. My uh, best friend is like moving down here, so I get to like have somebody that I can hang out with basically whenever I want. They don't have a choice, uh, so. <laughs> That's going to be definitely a, a triumph because I'm very socially anxious. Like, I have friends out here, but I don't want to bother people. But this is somebody who, no, I can never bother. So it's fine. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Every day is going to be a beach episode, whether they want it to be or not. <laughs> exactly. You get it. <laughs> I'm losing that person because they're also a voice actor and costume designer. So they're moving to California to work. Uh, and so it's like, why are you leaving me? But it's okay. <laughs> We're good. Yeah, but okay. good beach episode i love having the safety friend it's the introvert dream of like i need to do this but i don't want to ask anyone else let's go see a movie so i don't do it alone exactly 
<laughs> Everyone needs a safety friend. I'm glad yours is coming. That's so good. Yeah, it's um, been a while, long time coming. <laughs> Neb spoiled my beach episode pre-recording, so I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly change it. Um, Utah finally got an 85C bakery. Finally, and if anyone doesn't know, it's a Japanese, um, Chinese specific like bakery. So now we have mostly Asian like desserts and pastries readily available. They have stupid hours. But when you go on the weekend, you can still make it and get everything in time. So I've just been going almost every week now on Saturdays or Sundays to go pick up mass pastries and just eating them throughout the week. So all day yesterday after my photo shoot, I went to the bakery on the way driving our friend home, um, picked up hella bread, came back, played Pikmin until like 1 a.m. and then fell asleep in a bread coma. So Bliss. That's mine. Eating bread and playing Pikmin. Yay. <laughs> Absolute bliss absolute bliss something about eating like a cream bun and then like a little slice of cake mm. wow good photo shoot day that's <laughs> so good but that's it that's my beach episode it was just me recovering still wow what's up dang huh? this has been such a fun episode kevin thank you for joining us is there anything that you would like to plug or share or anything you're working on that you can announce or talk about uh yeah sure i mean anybody can who wants to keep up with my stuff can uh keep up with like my insta or twitter i update twitter more i'm not calling it the other name you, you can't make me uh but uh yeah uh at kevin d felwell on um, basically everything if i make new things i'm gonna use the same thing or you know if you can't find me in whatever check my website it'll have like a a links to any other social media that I have, which is also kevindfellwell.com. Uh, yeah, and uh, check out Am I Actually the Strongest? That's airing right now. I'm on like episode, I think, four or three of the dub currently. Uh, other shows you can check out, like uh, I mentioned earlier, Girlfriend, Girlfriend. Season two of that show is coming out in October. Fingers crossed that we get to dub season two. So we'll see. That might be coming out soon. And yeah, it's all around good times. Perfect. That's Nebula, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, because I'm not calling it the other name, at Nebula underscore Inky. And Parker, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at Crown Guard Cosplay. I'm on Twitter as um, Little Light Bee, no spaces. And you can find our show at patreon.com slash fandamespod and on Instagram and Twitter at fandamespod. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Kevin, thank you for your time. It's very much appreciated and it's lovely to talk to you. Um, same offer we send to everyone. If you ever want to come back, you have our email, just do it. We do not care. We will happily talk to you over and over again if you have free time. Yeah, um, we'll all watch Blue Lock and then we'll all come back and gush about it for an episode. Wow. I'm going to watch Girlfriend thing. Girlfriend now. Yeah. If it, put in the numbers so that we earned a dub. Let's go. <laughs> but um, Yeah. Thank you for your time today. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us be snails in your ears at the sleepover. We will see you later. Bye. Bye.